We want to thank BetterHelp for supporting our podcast, Sincerely Fortune. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash fortune. Start living a better life today. Welcome to another episode of Sincerely Fortune. We're getting real sincere. It's fortune. <laughs> Today, we have a, a very funny friend of mine, a comedian, writer, uh, Twitter extraordinaire. <laughs> a Texan. She's from Texas, y'all. It's my friend, Jenny Johnson. Yeehaw! Thank you, thank you. Jenny, tell them what you asked me before we started recording. I said, are your listeners going to be able to tell the difference between... When you and I are talking. Because <laughs> our sweet southern accents. We we both sound like we've always had like three drinks. It sounds like we've started a country band. <laughs> and instead of, Move over, instead of singing, we... <laughs> we're just talking real country. I like a banjos. Just... That'll be it. Talking real country. That'll be the name. Man. <laughs> it is funny that I'm from North Carolina. You're from Texas. And they're very different states and not near each other at all. But there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, I mean, we're, and we both grew up Methodist. So. I didn't. I forgot about that. That's right. I think you told me that after you watched my special. Yeah, and then I remember seeing a picture of you as an acolyte, and I always like explained to my friends what, and you know, like my Catholic friends are like, "Oh, you're, you have an altar yeah. boy." I'm like, "No, they, you know, they were inclusive in the Methodist church." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, girls could do it too. We were able to light a candle and put that shit out all in one day, all in a day. I love posting that picture of me in that giant gown holding the acolyte. <laughs> I don't know what is that, the candle rod? <laughs> it's like, it looks it looks like a, a brass candy cane or something. <laughs> the big the big one was Easter that and Christmas. Those are the big acolyte. Oh, That's when you get to shine Christy. as an acolyte. Yeah, Christmas Eve service. I mean, my mom took such pride in the fact that my sister and I would be picked for Christmas Eve service. Mm -hmm. And she would always say shit like, well, y'all have pretty hair and it looks real nice. Like she thought that's um, why they were picking us. Because y'all so had like, pretty hair. Because we had pretty that's hair. That's all that you matters. Know, that's, the priority. That all, that's all that yeah. matters in the South is that something about you's pretty. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> if you just, yeah. If you were cute, you could get away with murder. I mean, for real. And my best friend to this day, growing up, my friend Emily Thompson, we she lived down the street from me. We we were like banned from acolyting together because we would laugh so hard during service. Like that's not that's yeah. not allowed. God doesn't like that. God doesn't like that. But eight years old with your best True. friend side by side, being told do not laugh, do not act. I mean, we were making faces at each other. We got in so much trouble at church. You're lucky you got to do it with a friend. I had to go solo. It was all eyes on me, all all the pressure. My brothers were acolytes too, so it ran in the family. They literally passed the torch to me. <laughs> what was the thing that we took when we were like in fifth grade? It was confirmation class. Oh it was, yeah, it was, it was com. It was like it was like extra Sunday school or something. Basically. I think it's when you agree to. Um, what is confirmation? <laughs> it's like when you agree to be good for the, the lord or like you give yourself to jesus or something. I, don't, I really didn't understand what it was all i knew was that at the end of it the kids that had not been baptized were baptized mm -hmm. and i will forever my sister and i will still talk about it we're like how come we were the only kids that got baptized oh because like, you didn't get baptized as a baby 
baby. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, mom, dad, what the hell, man? Why don't y'all just do that where I don't remember it instead? They were busy. Have me 10 years old, the most awkward, gangly years of my life, and go, yo, walk up there and get baptized in front of the whole congregation. Yeah, the adult baptism thing's embarrassing. It's better when you're a baby and they sprinkle water on your head. You don't remember Because that's what Methodists do. They just sprinkle the water. They don't dunk you like other people oh yeah no i had to i had to walk up and get you know on the kneeler remember the pastor just you know put a little water on my head was pushing his hand on my head and i'm just like red in the face i wanted it to be over i was so mortified <laughs> my mom's gonna love this episode she's gonna be like oh my gosh she remembers church i am so excited <laughs> because she's always like my entire probably like first 10 years of L living in la she'd be like don't you want to go to church come on just <laughs> just go to church on Sundays. I was like, I play softball. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did... My first year in LA, that's actually what I did on Sundays was play softball. <laughs> now, now I tour, but it's all about, it was all about softball for that first while. I was like, I cannot go to church. I'm playing softball and then going to brunch. So that's what yeah, the gays like... do. Right. And uh, I can't mess that plan up. No, my dad, he, he had the funniest line. Like he would always go, and I grew up in, it's just south of Houston, mm -hmm. Texas, Bay City, Texas, and it's right on the coast. It's kind of between like Corpus Christi and Galveston. Okay. We were on Matagorda Bay and we had a fishing boat. My dad, we went fishing all the time and he always would want to go fishing. And my mom would announce like on a Saturday night, we're all getting up tomorrow mm -hmm. and we're going to church. We'd all groan and my dad would go, you know, I'm closer to God out there in the surf. <laughs> throwing a throwing a line out there in the water than I'm gonna be sitting there with all them phony sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like it's oh, true. Yeah. You can have church anywhere now. Oh. But my mom my mom and I did a whole episode on talking about the Methodist church. She goes, you know, I'm because she was giving her opinion about something. She goes, Well, I'm just an average Methodist. <laughs> and <laughs> So now everybody, everybody wants. I feel a like that's redundant, aren't we all? Pretty. <laughs> everybody wants a shirt that says "Just an Average Methodist," and, but I'm like, there's only going to be a handful of people that truly appreciate that from this podcast. But I, I, I keep bringing it up because I need more people to be aware of this quote so that a t-shirt makes sense. <laughs> But that that needs to be a teacher. I'm just an average just Methodist. Just an average so. Methodist. So when I when I moved out to LA and I remember I was taking boxing from this guy, Martin Snow. Oh my god, he was one of the, he's just a character. He lives in New York now, but like six foot five. I mean, he just looks like he's been pounded in the face yeah. many times and he's from Brooklyn and he's got that accent, you know, he always called me Johnson or Kid. Johnson. You know, hey Johnson. Yeah, hey, Hey, kid. Hey, Johnson. And he asked me one time where he goes, uh, what religion are you? I go, I mean, I grew up Methodist, man. He goes, that, that must be pretty good. I don't know one joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of the funniest descriptions. Yeah, there's no a Methodist walked into a bar right, joke right. like you've never heard. There's Catholic jokes, Jewish <laughs> jokes. I've never heard a Methodist joke. And I go, yeah, it it really, I, I'll explain it like it was just like Christian life, yeah. you know, like no one ever made us feel crappy. I never felt worse when I left church. Yeah. Like no one called us sinners or whatever. It was like, hey, go be nice. Don't be. <laughs> you, you're fine. Uh, you still box? Like, I do. I didn't feel like, I mean, during this pandemic, yeah. I, you know, wouldn't go into the gym. I mean, that, I felt like that was the most super spreader place to right. be. Right. But I never other. like, 
yeah, I never like sparred and like, I would be so upset if someone hit me. I just <laughs> like have, <laughs> have him put pads on his hands and then I can do combinations. Gotcha. You're like, like, ew, don't hit me. You're like, what did I do? I wanted you to like well, me. Like, it's supposed to be a really good workout, right? It is a really good workout. It is an excellent workout. And man, I, I know like getting back into it, I'm going <laughs> to start doing it, but I'll probably throw up. I yeah, mean, it is... I need to do something more high impact uh, because we've just been eating our faces off in this pandemic. I was doing really good before the shit hit the fan with all the the world. And oh, then it's just been all down, down hill the last 15 months. <laughs> no, dude, I could not agree with you more. Like I, I remember going into March, 2020 and the last set of shows I had was at the DCM. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was so pumped. It was weekend. The shows were sold out. I was fucking fired up. Yeah. I was like getting myself. I like I was at a weight that I'm like, man, I'm getting my shit together. Yeah. Everything locks down. I'm like refusing to be the person that's going to let themselves go. I, I got in the best shape of my life at one point during the <laughs> pandemic. You're like I was smoking hot. I mean, ripped. yeah, like a like a year ago, I was like, man, I look, I got nothing to show. Like, I can't go anywhere yeah. to like, oh, fuck it. I give up. I'm going to order Taco Bell on Postmates. Well, it's the thing that it lasted so, you know, we're still in this debacle to an, ex to right. an extent. We, I mean, we are. Yeah. I was doing pretty good too. I was like, oh, I'm losing. I'm, I'm maintaining. <laughs> and then like, yeah. then another like seven months went on. Right. And then you're like, well, now what? <laughs> you know, w winter hit, and it was like, oh, well, this oh, isn't well, fun. So I got it. I was like feeling good sitting there. It was like you're waiting for somebody to open the double doors, and you walk out, and you're just like waiting and waiting. Like, nope, no. Nope. All right, I'm going back. You're like, you're like, no one's appreciating how much I was working out, so I'm just gonna eat. Yeah, I'm sitting here not eating as much for what reason? No reason. <laughs> you bought Jenny is wearing a t-shirt that says Four Seasons Total Landscaping. <laughs> that means you're one of the people that bought one of those t-shirts. <laughs> Actually, one of my friends lives in Philly, oh. or she's from Philly, and her and she had gone to see her dad, and they went by and just bought a bunch of t-shirts. Oh, they must have made so much money from t-shirts. Shirts. I mean, the whole thing was just so hilarious, and I'm like, I love that I have the Four Seasons Total Landscape. Can you imagine when they realized that it was a landscaping place and not the Four Seasons Hotel? They probably got there and they were just like, "Shit! Well, we already yeah. said it was here. Let's just let's just act let's like let's just act we like we meant to do this." <laughs> No one will be the wiser if we act like, yeah, of course, we're all, oh, hey, environmentalists, look, would we be in front of a landscape? <laughs> it is pretty tricky. There are places in LA that call themselves Four Seasons, but it sells like random stuff. And you're like, oh, come on, guys. <laughs> it's just... I think I had like a Four Seasons drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, I was going to ask you this about the Methodist thing. When I was talking to my, so my best buddy, Emily, that we got in trouble all the time, we were laughing the other day because her mom just randomly, and I love her mom to pieces, sent her. I don't, did your mom just send you something? Like, I found this in the Oh, of course. Attic, you of know, course. and it's like this newspaper clipping, and mm -hmm. you're like, well, all right, whatever. Her mom just sent her the little, like, book, I guess, book from 
the first United Methodist Church yeah. circa 1987, because Emily, why would she need right. that? You know, like, what? The, is there a picture in it? Well, there was like the family pictures and Emily was like, why isn't your family in this? I go, if you thought that my mom would ever <laughs> agree to let my family, because between my dad and my sister and I, she would be so worked up over how bad the picture could potentially right. turn out that we just wouldn't take the Hilarious. picture. Hilarious. Yeah. We were, we were all but, up in that church directory. Oh, we, there were people, Emily was sending me pictures. There were people that just took the family photo by themselves. And I'm like, if I ever get that low, then I'm going to pose. <laughs> <laughs> just Jenny Johnson, just by like, there's all these families and it's just me. Oh my God. Repping. But there was a picture of the handbell choir. Mm -hmm. It wasn't handbells. Did you handbell? Yes. And you gave HBs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was always very offended because they would make me, you know, they would look at me and be like, she's sturdy. And they would make me ding the big ones. You got the big And I wanted the little the dainty bell. bells. Little I wanted bells. the little bells that the, the dainty girls were getting to jangle yeah. jangle. And they were like, no, <laughs> like, you're going to, you're going to be the one that's like, <laughs> you're holding those two goblets in your hand. <laughs> and then you had to do did you have to wear white gloves oh yeah well because you know the collect the, the collection movement. plate for an entire year went towards new handbells so they were like <laughs> <laughs> they were like do not touch them handle handle with care we can't get in any more handbells for um, You're just doing it, and a bell pops out of the middle of the thing, like the dinger just falls out. Were they just like? <laughs> <laughs> but there was it was only ladies that could do it. Like they wouldn't let the kids be in the handbell choir at my church. Oh, really? It was only ladies. Yeah, and there were there was even a lady named Carol. Hi, I'm Hi, Carol. I'm I am carrying on a handbell choir, but I always thought the handbell choir thing, and I just love that they would have to wear these like white, like mime gloves. Yeah. <laughs> and it was that movement was so funny to me. Yeah. I never got to be in handbell choir. Oh, you missed out, Jenny Johnson. You were, you were given handy bees. We were given handy bees. <laughs> we had a, it was part of our children's choir. Like with great, with great responsibility, we donged those bells. <laughs> 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 Look at us reminiscing about our Methodist childhoods. Who know? Who knew that it would stick? Your mom's gonna be so happy. She's gonna be grinning from ear to ear, like, "Oh, I did it!" She's like, "I did it! I raised children in the church." And they and they remember and look at this and yeah, she you see all those two southern Methodist gals just became friends immediately. That's what happens that's what, when you're and that's what happens in LA and comedy. I feel like the the southern ladies find each other. I'm mm -hmm. trying to think you when you and I met. We met maybe at a the improv or something, but yeah, we met at the improv. We were doing a we were doing a show. You had because you okay. Let's go back. You're from Texas. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your story. You were in news first, right? Yeah. So I was in, um, I mean, obviously I'm Methodist. That was a big <laughs> that's, part. <laughs> that's a big part of your childhood. Check. We got big, that. Big part of it. Uh, but yeah, so I'm from Bay City, Texas. I went to college at Sam Houston State University. That's where Dan Rather went oh, to school. Oh, so you were like, and I'm going to be a serious news 
Yeah, like I've I've met Dan Rather like one time, you know, communications building. I have a broadcast journalism degree. Uh-huh. It was called the Dan Rather oh. building. Like he funded yeah, the building. That's what's up. And he's from he's from Wharton, Texas, and Wharton is like twenty minutes from Bay City, and that's actually where I was born. Mm-hmm. So I always laughed at like where I'm born, where Dan Rather was. I went to college. I worked at the same station as him in Houston. Oh, really? Like, different times. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, we're like the same person. Yeah, totally. Growing up, like, you know, in my head, like, I was grew up a huge comedy fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Airplane, greatest movie of all time. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's... But I always thought I wanted to be, like, in sports, like, work at ESPN uh-huh. or do something. Like, I wanted to be on the sports side. So when I graduated from Sam Houston, I moved to Austin mm-hmm. and... I got a job um, selling radio advertising. Now, not because I thought I could do this, but because I didn't need an internship for my degree, but I knew I needed an internship to get a foot in the door at a TV station. Mm -hmm. So I graduated, but applied for an internship at the local Fox station in Austin in the sports department. So I got got it. Yeah, you did. And it was for the summer. Right. But for three months, I was guaranteed at this radio advertising job. It was like, you know, 2000 a month right. or 2500 a month or mm-hmm. something like that. And then after three months, you're on straight commission. So I was banking on the fact that I would get a job offer, yeah. you know, and I did. But and I was the worst radio salesperson. Oh, really? You're like, do you guys want ads? Yeah. OK, fine. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so, I was apologetic. I took no for an answer. <laughs> I thought I'd wasted their time. I'm like. I was not the, I hear you're not. Selling ads is hard. Yeah. And plus when you don't give a shit what you're, it was like a talk radio station yeah. or something. Like I didn't even want to be, you know, but I did you're this. like, I get it. I don't I, listen to the show either. Right. <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to come say hi and I'm real sorry if I bothered you. I, I got hired on as a um, as a morning camera operator for the morning mm-hmm. show. Like I, and I ran the teleprompter windex the anchor desk i mean it was like i started from the bottom but i i would always like kind of hang and work with the sports folks and then i ended up getting on like hired mm-hmm. when a position became available and i was a sports producer and i did that in austin and then in san antonio and while i was in san antonio at the local uh, abc station i kind of switched over to doing news because yeah. i thought there was more room to maybe grow and you know like when you're a sports producer it's kind of like that's you know there's not a lot of room to keep getting promotions you're just a sports producer you couldn't be like a senior or executive Mm -hmm. like unless i went somewhere else and flipped over started doing news producing moved to houston Mm -hmm. did that for seven years eight i mean i in total i was like 13 years and 13 years wow yeah between like sports and what does that what's that entail that's like like we got there's a some something going down on seventh street go cover it i don't know <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what George Clooney like George Clooney movies I watched. <laughs> There's a am I thinking of Batman? <laughs> there we've got a situation downtown. Uh I'm going to need two cr- cr- I'm going to need two crews and a camera. Is it like that? <laughs> exactly. Or is it more of like uh, camera no. one, camera two, uh, cut to camera one, camera two. Okay, now we're on camera one. Is it like that? Yeah. Okay, so those are like three different jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> I'm not familiar with the newsroom. Yeah. So a news producer uh-huh. never leaves the newsroom. Never leaves <laughs> like the newsroom. Okay. Yeah. So reporters go. I do. Out I, I knew that. Week. I'm talking about the news producer sending the reporters on out. Okay. okay the, so on yes, the beat. That, yes, they do. Okay, we would do that. We'll have like meetings. If you assign each reporter whatever story we've got, gotcha. and they go. When it's your newscast that you're producing, so if I was like producing the five p.m. Right. Five to five thirty, whatever. So I'm like in the booth, you know, with headsets mm-hmm. on. Everything that's in everything that the anchors say is what the news producer writes oh, anytime the show. Gotcha. Up. Anytime you're watching the news and you see when the anchors like, hold on, just hold on. and they put their finger. Uh, it's Ange- it's Angela here reporting from KWSRTFY <laughs> in Houston. Right. I would <laughs> be the voice a in hot day. Ears. Let's get yeah. ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Over to you, Dan, at the ice cream shop downtown. Like that. <laughs> My favorite was the small talk banter between like weather and sports to news. Oh, because they like, went on their like, own on that, right? Yeah, they that's where they had to freestyle that shit. So it's like, all right, well, you know, if you're thinking about taking the kids to the ballpark this weekend, uh, what do you think, Greg, about that weather? What is it looking like? It looks like it's going to be a humdinger. <laughs> get the gloves and grab the kids but i want to get the sunscreen because it's gonna be a hot what do, like, why right. does that news voice why, why do people always talk with like this is did that come from like people are like oh people just want their news that way yeah like but who decided like oh, there's no. no like playbook for it it's like somebody had to start doing yeah. it and then we all just looked at that person and was like well they know everything yeah. so we'll just mimic Let's just them. do it because dan rather just naturally had that voice yeah, it's and Dan Rather Rather. always, and when he hit his S's, I always like he had a whistle to mm-hmm. his S's. You know, mm-hmm. he was like, you know, I don't know how to do it, but like that <laughs> yeah. whistly S, like southerny thing. I would it was like I'd be in the newsroom. You know, it's like so when when shit's happening and you're going, okay, you have to pull this person off the story and mm-hmm. and send them or, or tell a reporter like, okay, I realize you thought you were the top story, but something oh, you know, get bumped. Little, you get bumped yeah. and then you can watch in the monitor that reporter go like <laughs> they're so upset about it <laughs> yeah. you bastards you bastards i had a i've been planning this story for days yeah i have been waiting for this murder all my Man. life to leave you know but the whole time when i was doing that i always on the side i always wanted to do comedy in some way mm-hmm. i just didn't really know exactly what i wanted to do but i i would write mm-hmm. like little free like little comedy articles for like freebie magazines around Austin yeah. or San Antonio, Houston. I I just would went nowhere. It just kind of circulated through Yeah. You know, a small but you group. Felt good about it. Yeah, I was thrilled. <laughs> I was like, look at my name in a little magazine yeah. that somebody's peeing on or whatever. And now we're gonna take a quick little break. Is there anything in your life that interferes with your happiness or maybe prevents you from achieving your goals? Well, check out BetterHelp. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapy matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Anything you share is confidential. You'll get timely and 
and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions and send a message to your counselor anytime. They have licensed professional counselors who specialize in all kinds of things. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. This is the perfect time to start facing the things that you've been dealing with, to talk things out. So join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com fortune. That's better, H-E-L-P.com fortune for 10% off your first month. And we're back. But when social media started... Mm-hmm. As I was working in Houston and anytime like a new, okay, there's MySpace, there's Facebook, anytime when something new came yeah. out, everybody had to get, you know, like sign up for right. it because as uh, demented as it sounds, but like, okay, this Facebook mm-hmm. thing is out. Well, if some kid, you know, wraps his car around a tree and we need to pull a picture, it's public, you can go on social media uh-huh. and actually- It's like immediate. Know, yeah, yeah, you're able to do that. And so I remember- like the news director saying, okay, there's this Twitter, whatever, everybody needs to get on this. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right. I sign up and put at Jenny Johnson. Uh-huh. That was taken. What? Like, oh yeah, I Googled. Yeah. There's like a lady that has a website with your name because that's also her name. Yeah, I'm like, how But she's like anyone? in media. Yeah. Is she... <laughs> she's not a comedian though. <laughs> no, I tell you what's funny. One time when I was doing a show at Flappers and I had been, I was real excited. It was in the Yoohoo uh-huh. room, the small room at Flappers and, and I was headlining. Now, you know, the first time like you are headlining mm-hmm. something. It's like, exciting. Oh man. And I, I pull up and as I was walking around, I look now, not on the main market at Flappers, but there's that side. Oh no. Is it her you... picture? No, oh. but they had my yeah. name. You know, I, I had never seen my name in a marquee in my yeah. life. I mean, I'm stepping back. I'm taking a picture of this. And I was like, got this pep in my step. I'm like, man, yeah. fuck yeah. You've been all nervous. You're on the marquee, big dog. Walk in. And I opened the door and there was like a poster board. And it was like all the other comics that were like opening before. Yeah. And then in the middle, it's like, and Jenny Johnson. And it was her picture yeah. in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the wrong Jenny Because she's got blonde hair. Yeah, I'm like, okay, we're blonde, blue. We all look alike. You know, you're, <laughs> you're like, oh, that must be, that's her. It's blonde hair. All right. <laughs> you know? That's got to be her. But I mean, dude, I came so walking funny. in, like, chest puffed out, like, damn right. Who's on the market? <laughs> yeah, that's not me. That is not <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's too funny. Well, maybe she's got your name on Twitter, so you had to find a different handle. Yeah, so I was like, all right, high five. I like high fives. HI, number Uh five. I mean, I got real clever or whatever. (laughs) But right when I get on, I'm like, okay, I follow, you know, CNN breaking news. And then I just started looking around, and and I remember seeing, um, I think it was Sandra Bernhardt. Uh And and I love Sandra Bernhardt. I'm like, oh, wow. Follow? I don't even know what that means yet. Like, this brand new follow. Oh, there's Sarah Silverman. I'm looking like comics that I really like, mm-hmm. and I see that they're just kind of writing jokes. Ch- yeah, because I didn't know what Twitter was either. I remember Ashton Kutcher like going on a something with Mario Lopez, being like, "We just joined Twitter," and I'm like, "What is Twitter?" But yeah, it seemed like comics were like posting jokes a lot in the beginning. Yeah, it was such a cool thing, and I just remembered thinking like, I used to always when I would sit down, you know, I'm in the newsroom like writing whatever stories would come in and then i would think like oh that would be a funny way to write a joke right. <laughs> you know so it's like i'm doing my job 
and then I'd get my phone and go on Twitter and write mm-hmm. the the joke version yeah. of it. I never, you know, said like where I work because mm-hmm. and I, in my picture that I've used is to the side. I, I was kind of being like, I didn't want people to see. It was me. the other Jenny Johnson's picture. <laughs> but <laughs> I just it was so it was just such a weird. I hate when people always go like it was very organic. Uh-huh. It was very you know, but it it really was. I was just following people and writing these jokes yeah. and. And then going, oh man, I got ten followers. Mm-hmm. Ooh, like, oh, I got fifty. Yeah. Like, wow, who would have thought a hundred, whatever? And then I just started like, oh, some you know, Patton Oswalt just told everyone to follow uh-huh. you. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you kidding yeah. me? And, like, I remember turning off the notification in my emails for new followers because Patton Oswalt told everyone to follow me, and all of a sudden I had like you know five thousand yeah. <laughs> emails of new followers mm-hmm. i was like holy shit so i just you know i kept doing that and like at some point i never told anyone that i worked with it i was getting this you know i don't know i was just getting noticed yeah. on, on twitter and then at one point i think i had i was maybe up to almost like ten thousand followers mm-hmm. and at some point i remember like being in the newsroom i wrote some tweet and then across I, this this guy stood up one of the reporters and he goes that's fucking you. Ah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, oh, dude, shut up. Like, That's like a rom-com. You're right. like, it, like, stop telling people this. And I remember the news director got to call me in the office and he was like laughing because he had just read all my shit. Yeah. He was just like, just don't tell people the station. Right, right. You know, and because I wasn't an on-air person, I wasn't like the face of the mm-hmm. station. Like no one knows the names of the producers on, right. the, on your local news or whatever. But I just kept doing that and, and doing that. And, and you know, it, it's such a strange thing to go like, I have 100,000 people follow me, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm just in this newsroom. And, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm getting direct messages from people that are like, hey, my agent wants to talk to you. My manager oh, funny. wants to, uh-huh. you know, and it, it just turned out, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to like fly out to LA and just have some meetings mm-hmm. with all these people that have, you know, and see what's up. and. And it just turned out like, hey, I got this opportunity to like work with this like good producer mm-hmm. and I wrote a pilot and I sold it. Yeah. I mean, it, I've, I've sold several pilots. They don't, they've never gotten picked right. up. I made one. That was That's always deal. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I made one. Other than that, I mean, I'm like, this is just such a strange thing. And all of a sudden, you know, I had like 300,000 followers mm-hmm. and then I had a Twitter beef with Chris Brown, which was a weird I remember thing. that it got picked up by a lot of news stations. It was after the whole Rihanna incident, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was right after that. And I it was such a lazy form of joke writing, which was the celebrity retweet. Uh-huh. You know, if you like, I can't think of something. I'll just go to Chris Brown's page and see what dumb shit he's posted. Yeah. And then I'll just retweet it and leave a smart mouth comment. Yeah never thinking so you you did that and it got a lot of attention well all of a sudden it was like i posted i'll never forget it it was like he posted this picture of himself and he said i look old as fuck and i'm only 23 and then i retweeted it and i said i know you know being a worthless piece of shit can really age a person (laughs) oh man here i'm like tweet nailed it put my phone down go back to watching football on my couch and then uh I think it was Danny Zucker called and he was like, you might want to get back on oh, man. on Twitter. I'm just like chilling in my house in Houston. And I look and I'm like, oh my God, he's replied back. And this is like a thing. Oh no. <laughs> That's like my nightmare. <laughs> yeah. 
you just like innocently, you know, think, but lesson learned, like, I'm not sorry about it, but I won't do it again. It was a lesson Because it was just thing. a lot. Like, You're like, I don't want this kind of attention. Yeah. I hate the fact that, like, if you look my name up or something, like, I'll be associated with him. Mm -hmm. There's articles, you know, like, yeah. that tie me to him. And, and people were like, that's how you got popular. I'm like, dude, I had, like, 350,000 followers on my own right. before that happened. And then it, like, really blew up after that? Not, I mean, not really. It was just I just didn't, like... There was I got like I don't know maybe fifty thousand new followers, but I guarantee you I lost them all within a week. I mean, <laughs> Once I started tweeting recipes, <laughs> but you know where people are like, oh, this is this like, what do you think every day I'm oh, just like you're just fighting with people every day? Yeah, I'm like that was just something I did, and then I did not expect it to become a thing. Right. And I mean, I remember like I had an offer to go on the View. Mm -hmm. Oh, to talk about like, it? Absolutely not. I I buried my, I was like, I'm going to just hide until this goes away. Mm -hmm. I don't want, <laughs> this is not, Yeah. you know, there are, so there are some people that would be like, yes, I'm going to milk right. this. Right. They want any attention. This. And that was not the kind of attention right. that, that I wanted. Mm -hmm. But, but because of Twitter, I mean, you know, I wouldn't have like, you know, the ability to do the things I did when I moved out to LA. What made, what? So what made you, uh, what was that decision to make that leap to, to move? Well, I was going back and forth and I'm like once month, whatever. And I ended up, I was going through a divorce mm -hmm. and I just thought, you know, I kind of want a fresh start. Mm -hmm. I'm going to move to LA and give this a shot, give this writing to, you know, mm -hmm. give it a shot. You know, worst case scenario doesn't work out. I've got, you know, 13 years of experience in TV. I can go back to doing mm -hmm. To doing that but let's give this a shot i don't want to be a person that says like i could have done right this. you having, know i'm like regrets right right i'm like I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna give this a, a shot yeah. so i moved out and as i'm like you know selling pilots and i'm, I'm able to do like i did drunk history twice mm -hmm. like i got to do these fun like at midnight and all these yeah. little fun you know shows and shit and you know i really want to try to do more like stand-up comedy I, I made like sad little feeble efforts mm -hmm. when i was younger and you know there's an open mic and you're like i could do that and then you get on stage and you don't have any material <laughs> right it's like oh <laughs> it's a lot harder than people think yeah like oh i didn't think this yeah. through i just it was just me getting <laughs> onto this stage and i'm hammered too you know <laughs> i actually stood in the audition line for last comic standing in 2000 and uh, like eight and uh -huh. I was only like a year into stand up and thank God they didn't see me because like uh <laughs> because uh holy cow I would have eaten <laughs> eaten it really really badly but I just thought like oh I can do that. Right. But I don't know like what like the mentality of myself was like, okay, I think I can do this and then I'm on stage and I was like I I didn't think about the material aspect of mm -hmm. it, like what I'm going to say. I was just trying to get the courage to get on this. Stage. Right, right. <laughs> when I, you know, I moved out here, I remember Kevin Nealon was doing a show at the Laugh Factory mm -hmm. where he would have like comics come on and they'd, you know, do a set and then he'd sit on the stage to do like an interview, mm -hmm. like a funny thing. And he asked me if I wanted to, you know, Right, I mean, it was like right when I moved out yeah. here eight years ago. I'm like, oh my, Kevin Nealon. I couldn't believe like he followed me in the first place. I'm a huge fan of yeah. his, and I, I go to the laugh factor. I tell him I'll do it, and then I was like, I don't, 
do like stand up. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you're like so. <laughs> Throwing a wrench in your whole show of, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he wanted you're to like, go. I can Did re- you not realize this was <laughs> at the Laugh Factory at a comedy you're club? You're like, I can read tweets. I can read some. Tweets. Yeah, I'm like, can we just do the? Can we cut that like part out where there's stand up and we just do the interview yeah. part? He, he did that, and it was. I'm pretty much sure it was awful. I can't even rewatch mm-hmm. it. I have the video. Yeah, but I ended up like. I don't know, a couple years into it, I was like, I'm going to do stand-up. Like, I can do this. I And I also, you know, when you're writing, you know, especially doing, like, pilots and shit, every, that process takes so long. Yeah. And you just need some level of gratification. Mm-hmm. And stand-up is the perfect, you know, like, you could go and do, like, beginning to end. And, and maybe it was because I was a news producer, and your day begins and ends in one day. Mm-hmm. You get there, you have a newscast, you produce it, there's the closed captioning, and you're right. done. I thought, you know what? I've got material and I put this set together and my first place, like, so I really did a stand-up set was at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood, mm-hmm. which when I tell people that, that have like, there's people that are like, I've been out here for 15 years and I've never been a spot right. at the Laugh Factory. <laughs> <laughs> like you popped your cherry at the fucking Laugh Factory <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> but the only reason is because of Twitter. And I, I don't know if it's like a Southern thing, but I always harbor this guilt. Like, I I feel like I got to cut in Uh line in a weird way. You know, like there's all these comics that have been busting their ass for however long. And I got to just waltz right in the front door of the last factory. You've been busting your ass since. Oh yeah. And that happens all the time out here. Yeah. So I don't feel guilty about that. (laughs) I don't know why I think like you're supposed to have some like horrific, horrific, you need to cry every day for a bunch of years yeah Yeah, just go like actually my childhood was pretty good you know (laughs) folks love me um you know my yeah they were there for me so i don't really have that to draw (laughs) but yeah it's it's just it's been a fun you know it's a fun little weird wild process to go like okay do you how how i got to here from there yeah because it's definitely you don't see a lot of news producers <laughs> shift into comedy. <laughs> but all the news producers I know are like the funniest, most horrible people. Oh, really? Too. Like funny, horrible. Yeah. Because you have to be. Like, like when desensi- you're just writing desensitized, about. Desensitized, you mean? Yeah. And you almost have to like find a way to cope with like that you've been writing these terrible things right. and, and not let it get to you. So you have to like just, everybody has like these dark senses of humor. Right. Which. It's, lends itself to comedy. Yeah, it does lend itself to comedy for sure. What do you think now that you've been out here for eight years? Like, are you? How do you feel about it now? Are you still digging the LA thing, the comedy thing? Or are you ever like, I miss Texas? You know, I mean, I always I miss Texas a bit, but like, I love the comedy thing out here, mm-hmm. and I think you know now that we're I don't know I don't really say like post pandemic because I feel there's still a pandemic, right. but that period of time that we just endured of not being able to do stand up mm-hmm. for so long was that was really difficult. And I did a bunch of like a bunch of like zoom comedy shows, mm-hmm. which yeah, you were doing a bunch you know, with like flappers and stuff. I, I mean, I was in like three or four of these a yeah. week and it was nice to have like the outlet, but mm-hmm. it's like, not the same. No, it's like kissing your cousin, you know, you're like, oh. well, I'm doing it, but I'm like, <laughs> you know, you know that I like kissing your cousin. Don't be, don't be acting like I know <laughs> just because I'm from North Carolina. <laughs> you 
know, like kissing your cousin. No, girl. <laughs> you know it is, it's like you're doing it, but are you? Are you really doing what you want to be doing? <laughs> I was just so happy, like, get back on stage. Yeah. And, you know, the first, like, first show I did live was at the Laugh Factory in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And that was, I guess, beginning of June. When was your first live show like? Well, I did some live shows during the pandemic, but they were all outdoors. So I did uh, a couple baseball fields and I did drive through drive-ins and so I was doing them throughout, but like the first indoor show would have been, it would have been uh, probably at the comedy store, Laugh Factory, one of those two. How did you feel? Like, were you? It's a little, it was a little nerve wracking at first where you're like taking off your mask and grabbing this mic that you hope is clean and. Right, it's like, oh, they have that microphone, don't touch that one, <laughs> yeah. here's this one. But, but I did one where they were, like, giving you different, like, like the microphone, the little, you know. The topper fuzzy. thing. Yeah, everyone had their own. Yeah. <laughs> their own But topper. then once you hear the laughter, it's, like, so refreshing because it doesn't compare to, you know, being outside. Being outside, it's it was hard to hear people. And, uh, yeah, it, and, you, and, and, and there's, like, a delay where you feel yeah. like you're, like, at a U.N., conference mm-hmm. where those people have those things and it's like somebody says something and it takes a minute yeah. for everyone like, oh my god there's laughter it made me feel like uh life was getting back to some semblance of normalcy yeah it made me feel good like that just seeing that people wanted to get out and be there yeah. it was a you know there was a level of weirdness when you look out and the tables were spread mm-hmm. far apart and people are wearing you know it's like this is different but I feel like my first show that I did though at Long Beach was so clunky because I yeah. was just like, I can't believe I'm out in public right now. Like this feels crazy. Right. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's so nice because I've found and you probably feel the same that people just want to laugh right now. They just want, mm-hmm. they want to release. So all those yeah. shows, you know, we're kind of spoiled right now with this like <laughs> uproarious laughter uh, because people are just really, it feels like with every laugh, people are releasing more and more tension and stress and. Yeah, um, that was like nice to experience that again because it was weird to be like for the first time in our careers like we couldn't do our job for right, a long time like, and that's never happened like, like to be told like we were not allowed to do our job because it was gonna kill people if we yeah <laughs> if we did our gather jobs, crowds you know? so you know a lot of comedians were very crafty and figuring out ways to do it um yeah. but now now we're back on the road we're back on the road jenny's actually coming with me to sacramento she's doing the shows with me out there hell yeah That's, get ready uh, sacramento labor day weekend the only show that has tickets left is sunday night the late show is sunday night and you're not gonna be working monday it's labor day, it was labor day. so get your tickets because we're gonna be there yeah it's gonna be the big, the big Methodist show. Your we're, average. We're Methodist only gonna talk. About, it's gonna be called the Just Your Average Methodist Tour. We're only gonna talk about being Methodists, <laughs> and we're only gonna reminisce about being acolytes. And if you didn't grow up Methodist, it might be boring. But our moms. Hey, Fortune, will be, you remember the Wesley Hall? I remember Wesley Hall. Our moms will be pumped about it. We're gonna live stream them. Okay, maybe we won't do that, but. <laughs> Hey, you should get us some acolyte robes. (laughs) I have talked about uh, doing handbells, and it's always a big hit. (laughs) 
but we had like acolyte robes and then you and i walked out both holding we like we like candles (laughs) yes this is gonna be a pretty fun weekend i don't know if you live in sacramento i don't think you want to miss this (laughs) oh man i just like that handbell choir dong dong yeah just give me the little ones i can do it (laughs) stop giving me the (laughs) fans well now that we're coming out of the clouds you know even though we need people to still be safe and watch that variant uh what is there anything that you hope to to do next or is it for you as stand up the just crafting that and keep writing is that your path your yeah I've got some like fun like writing projects that I'm working on now Mm -hmm. and it's just funny, like be busy again. Of course, I'm always hustling, trying to get as many stand-up spots as possible. Yeah. That's always a. It's like every Monday you send me your avails, and then I'm like cross my fingers, yeah. <laughs> hoping to, you know, get something back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm staying busy with that. I've got I'm happy about like a few of the fun writing projects. I've got my podcast that I do with Danny Zucker, doing it with Danny and Jenny. Doing it with Danny and Jenny. And you know who we're interviewing next is Amanda Knox. What? Really? <laughs> Holy cow. That's cool. I, I'm actually doing that after this podcast. How did that? Y'all were just like reached out. You were like, hey, girl. She started like randomly. I, I saw that she was following me on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm like, what the? F- Amanda, are you kidding me? And you just so, at, reached out. I'm so bad about asking people to do my podcast, even you my friend i'm always like do you want to do this i don't know i oh if i could show you like i mean when i ask you to do it every i can look at texts that i've sent people or like a direct message and it's like feel free to say no you <laughs> <Yeah>. want my <laughs> i know it feels so like you just feel like you're putting people out you're like i'm so sorry but that's <laughs> like i'm not i'm not selling this podcast very well if i'm already offering you an out in the first three <laughs> sentences of my text well that'll be really interesting yeah, we'll we'll see if like who puts her foot in her mouth first, me or Danny. I don't know. Yeah, probably you. My money's on Danny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna like dig into the story or just be like, so what are you up to? It's like you've been traveling much globally. You're like you. <laughs> you got. You... What do you think about Italy winning that? She's like, match? don't talk to me about that place. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that place. Man, well that's to. yeah, that's pretty that's very cool. So check out Jenny's podcast. Where can people find you? What's your handle? At Jenny Johnson High Five. It's H I number five and that's on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And, and you need to get a website. You don't have a you don't let that other Jenny Johnson steal your thunder. I know. She's I getting it. so many spots right now. She's not even a comic. And she's getting so many spots right now because she, she has a website. headline and it flappers she has a website. didn't even know it <laughs> <laughs> She didn't show she up. Is going yeah, up at the la- she's going up at the Laugh Factory every week because they keep emailing <laughs> her website. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I can't wait for Sacramento. And uh, oh, it's been a real treat chatting with you, my fellow Methodist. <laughs> 
<laughs> my, my fellow Methodist slash bruncher slash Sunday is a and I'm already day looking at tourist things to do in Sacramento. Oh God, so. have fun! <laughs> I'll be sleeping. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, that's it for this week. We appreciate you tuning in and we'll see you next week.